This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about High Fidelity. Coming out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. <laughs> Directed by Stephen Frears. Frears? Frears? I don't know. Based off the book by Nick Hornby and screenplay DV... Vizentis. I don't know what the fuck that is. Starring John Cusack. <laughs> I don't know how they can mm-hmm. say the girl's name. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> I've been Hijime, Todd Luisa, Jack Black, and others. Elisa Bonet! Elisa Bonet, Catherine Zeta-Jones, others. Cusack Robbins. That's right, Joan Cusack as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, uh, this was Alex's oh, pick. Damn it, I'm going to... You just reminded me of Joan Cusack, and there was a moment that's going to have to be in my honorable mentions. But anyways. All right. Was this your pick? Yes, it was. All right. So how did you watch this? What's the first time you saw it? Um, I saw it in a movie theater, and I thought at the time, I think, which one came out first? Gross Point Blank? No idea. I don't know. Well, for some reason, I was like, hey, Joan Cusack is good in things, and I just... Uh, saw him in something that was great, so I'll try High Fidelity, and I was not disappointed. This movie is awesome and funny. It's a bit of a dark comedy and a, a growing up, coming of age story type of thing. <laughs> well, more like somebody who refuses to grow up, but <laughs> yes, I recommend if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. And Gross Point Blank was first, 97. Yeah, so that must have been it, because I saw that one first, and I loved it so much that I'm like, oh, I'll watch anything Cusack at that point. And then I watched this, and I was very happy with it. All right. Uh, Scott, what's your history with it? Uh, saw it in the theaters. I might have seen it with Alex, maybe? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we probably saw it together. But, uh, yeah, I... Saw it in theaters. Uh, I've read a couple of Hornby's books. Uh, not this one, uh, but I do like him as an author. Uh, he he kind of has the same general premise across a lot of his stuff of uh, you know dudes that are that basically fail at relationships. <laughs> uh, I think a, I think about a boy was him that came around came out around this time. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if any of his other of his other books have been made into movies. Like there's a few. Sorry, but... folks. I'm on a, a bit of a Nyquil high. I've been a little bit sick, so I'm going to be slurring a bit more than usual. Uh, <laughs> he did. He he wrote the screenplay for an education. I don't know if he did the book for that though. Yeah, and and other movies that come out. There's one, there's one coming out soon called Juliet Naked, uh, which I'm looking forward to. I bet you are. But uh, anyway, yeah, Hornby. <laughs> All right, isn't uh, he the composer? No. Oh. <laughs> My history: of this I just saw it for the first time 
Uh, four hours ago. So <laughs> I've always heard of it. It's one of these movies that I always kind of wanted to see. Never, never got around to seeing it. I mean, I haven't seen too many of his movies. Like, I want to say Adaptation is one of the few ones of his that I have seen. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll find out whether I like it or not. Um, wait, that's Cus- my history with it. Wait, Cusack? Yeah. He was in Adaptation? Yeah. Um, uncredited. Okay. But I am getting, you know, really? but I am getting him confused with uh, Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. Nick Cage? <laughs> but it just showed up on IMDb. That's why I thought it was him. But okay. I am thinking uh, Nick Cage. Then, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his list here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Being John Malkovich is the one. Okay. Uh, yeah, other than that, that's it. Jesus, I haven't seen any of these. Anyway, so mm-hmm. we're going to go over our seven uh, topics we want to talk about. So, and we should do five lists since the character likes to do lists, but we'll do our seven lists. Stick, stick with the plan here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, he was in Stand By Me? Yeah, I don't remember that either. He must be one of the older kids or something. Anyway, Alex, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven, and this is, uh, to me, kind of when the movie got its darkest. And it was uh, pretty much a downer. And it shows you what kind of a scumbag uh, John Cusack's character. I for, what's his name in the movie? Rob. I forgot. Rob. Rob. What a scumbag Rob is. So he go, he starts his journey of contacting his exes to see why his relationships keep failing, and he gets to Penny, and it's this beautiful blonde woman. And in high school, they were all in love and everything, and he essentially, without realizing it, breaks up with her, and then because she wouldn't go all the way with him, and then next day in school, he hears at a party. That she hooked up and had sex with another, some jock douchebag. And so he was all, like, crushed or heartbroken just because he didn't get any. And it turns out that she was so heartbroken because of the breakup that she kind of didn't fight off a date rapist, essentially. Uh, So it got really dark. She was obviously upset. And all he does is, oh my gosh, that's right. I dumped her. This is great. I should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what an asshole. Yeah, I have to say about him being an asshole. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, yeah, the Hornby stuff does, it, at some point it usually does take a kind of a dark turn. Yeah. That was it for this movie. All right. So um, yeah, that's my number seven. Yeesh. Just get that one right out of the way. Yeah, so I'll do my number seven, and it is all the characters are annoying, and I don't like <laughs> any of them. <laughs> um, what about the, the girl from the Cosby Show? I don't know. Okay, she doesn't. Fine, Lisa Bonet was fine, but oh, Lisa yeah. Bonet. Mm-hmm. But Jack Black. I mean, those. Uh, I guess the weirdo. I mean, none of the, even Laura, the girl. You know, everything was just kind of. I didn't really like anybody in this movie. His sister, or I, was that even his sister? <laughs> who did his real sister play in the movie? I don't even know who, who, how she was related. It's like their friend, their friend, their longtime friend. Yeah. Okay. She was all right. But I, I thought all the characters, especially him. I, I mean, I know that's the point, and it's got already said it. His him not growing up, and 
But I just I don't. Why do I want to watch this for two hours? <laughs> so that's my number seven. Oh. Scott, uh, my number seven is uh, kind of a cop out here, but um, saw the music. Uh, how it wasn't all just oh here's the soundtrack, but they they worked it into the to the plot um, at points just for them to be dicks inside the record store. But, okay. uh, uh, yeah, he constantly coming up with his list. So even when they, um, were not actually playing the music, they were talking about it and relating it to, to what was going on. And that's a kind of another Hornby thing. Um, but Cause he's a composer. He tells you Bruce Hornsby in the machine. Right? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he derailed me. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I like the soundtrack and all the music references there. Seven. All right, Alex, number six. My number six is when they're at their most, like, elitist, when this nerd is, like, pretty much making love to one of the records that he's, like, been hoarding. And he goes over there, I'd like to buy this. He's like, oh, that record? Yeah, that's not for sale. He's like, oh, come on, man. You said that for the last three weeks. He's like, sorry, we're gonna say we can't, we can't sell it. And then one of their friends is just there. He's like, yeah, I'll buy that. Would you, would you give me fifty? I'll give you fifteen bucks for that. He's like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Well, conversation's like, man, why wouldn't you sell to me, but not to him? I forgot what they called him. The spaz nerd. One of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's a good scene. It's very clerks like Randall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm more to say about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, I'll stop it right there. That's my number six. <laughs> all right. It's a good one. I liked it. Uh, all right. My number six is just kind of pick off what Scott said. Music was good. I mean, this movie, it's kind of, you kind of expect that. Um, so, Scott already mentioned it. Music was good. Good soundtrack. Uh, I wish I'll go look it up one of these days. 2000. Whew. Mm-hmm. Oldies weren't even oldies that, that far yet. <laughs> it's like yeah. Kenneth was actually playing all these back then. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott, number six. Okay, uh, so uh, as Alex was just saying, them being music snobs in that one scene. Uh, so, so basically everything Alex laid out. Uh, but at the end of it, the guy that buys the record um, says they're music snobs, and they're like offended, and they say, and then he tells them how they uh, they look down on everybody. Uh, who knows less about music? And they're like, what? Which is pretty much everybody. And they go, yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're all music snobs, but kind of in a different way. So even like the, the weird guy is still music snob. He's just not as abrasive about it. Yeah, so yeah, right. number six. That's like the Dante versus Randall, right? Jack Black is Randall and he's Dante. That's how I would, that's how I perceive them as. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. Fair, right? Because Dante hates the same shit. He just doesn't just say it to the <laughs> to their faces, like right. Anyway, Alex, number five. My number five is the uh, <laughs> make fun of the Square Dad Day conversation with Jack Black. So this older gentleman comes into the record shop because he wants to buy a present for his daughter, and Jack Black is the one attending him, <laughs> and it just goes into the thing where he just makes fun of him 
for his choice in music, of course, because he was being a snob. And then uh, Rob was all pissed. like, dude, you just turned on the sales. Like, man, he was wearing a Cosby sweater, dude. A Cosby sweater. Well, no, no, no. That's So this, Rob uh, tells him to knock it off. And so he starts making fun of him. And Rob's the one wearing the sweater. No. Yes. The customer yes. was wearing the sweater. No. Oh. And he goes, what, did Laura buy that for you or whatever? Yeah. And he doesn't know at that point that Laura had broken up with him. That's why yeah. he gets pissed and he runs away. Oh, really? Damn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought the old guy was wearing the Cosby sweater. Yeah, I, I do like it. I forget which point, like early on in the movie, but he says that the, the two guys, uh, uh, Barry, or is it, yeah, Barry and uh, uh, and Dick, like, he doesn't actually employ them, they just showed up at the shop one day and he never left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is my turn now, number five? Yes. Okay. So this is probably my last... No, it's not the last. Yeah, one of my last bad things. Um, this is just not my style of movie. Like, Scott mentions he doesn't like Seinfeld and, like, the uncomfortable humor. I don't even know. This is just not a movie. Just people are depressed for two hours dealing with relationship issues. Why would I... I have my own relationship issues. Why do I need to watch somebody else go through stuff like this, right? Like, yeah. So, so you can watch it and go, at least I'm not that guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Not my style of movie. I, I Probably why I've avoided it all these years. Um, I'm trying to think. I watched something recently like this. Maybe it was... Doesn't matter. Scott, <laughs> number five. <laughs> uh, number five is Tim Robbins, who... He's basically smirking his way through every scene. <laughs> yeah. But he, but he does a pretty solid job of being a shitheel. Uh, he's just kind of got that bohemian uh, just smugness about him that uh, it, it's, a, it's a nice kind of foil for Rob because you know, at certain points of the movie, you really hate him, hate Rob, that is, John Cusack's character, and you should... But then Tim Robbins' character rolls around, and you're like, well, at least he's not Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, he, Tim Robbins was part of a classic scene later on. Uh, and then there's, there was, like, the Lumberg scene, basically, yeah. <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, Tim Robbins is, is good here. Uh, just Again, just let, being a smarmy asshole the whole time he's on the screen. Yep, I agree. Alex, number four. My number four is when they uh, catch some shoplifters trying to steal some stuff from uh, some records from the store. And they run them down, and they're making them drop all the stuff. And they're like, dude, why didn't you at least steal the good shit? It's like some good records. They're making fun of them for that. And then later on, spoiler alert, turns out that these kids can actually play some music. And uh, they end up starting like a record label. There you go. Yep. Comes f- full circle. Yeah. And then they're stealing stuff at their concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, they're at the merch table. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, back to me. Mine was the same thing as Scott's. Mine's Tim Robbins. I liked his appearance in this. It was so, so slime ball y. It actually doesn't even. 
Actually, maybe it makes sense. She didn't leave him for him. It's just convenient, right? Just to stay with somebody. So, okay, it makes sense. I changed my mind. I was like, she would not go for that, but then she's just doing it to do it. And then, like she said, well, if we're living together for so long, stuff's going to happen. And there it is. Tim Robbins. Plus, Tim Robbins' character seems like Ian. He seems like the kind of guy that would just catch all of his, you know, ladies off the rebound when they're all weak and vulnerable. He uses the Mac system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, uh, Scott. Uh, So, number four is Jack Black. So, you, Jeff, you found him annoying. Uh, I remember watching this not even... This is before I was really aware of Tenacious D or him in general. Uh, Right before. I I thought one of the highlights of the movie. Uh, Looking back at it now, he's just playing Jack Black. But... (laughs) Or at least his... Like the caricature... Caricature. Caricature. Yeah. Caricature. Of Jack Black. Uh, And then it turns out he can sing at the end, which was a... Shockers being part of the audience, and mm-hmm. uh, I like how they they play their song or he sings their song at the end too, which is kind of cool. Um, but then the what made me laugh the most second second biggest laugh in the whole movie for me was at at the very end when they when he introduces the band like Sonic was it Sonic Death Monkey? <laughs> yeah, something, something like, like that. that. But then he gets up on stage and he says. Uh, we're, we're also, we also go by Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, Kathleen Turner Overdrive. So, uh, just him being tied to that joke catapults him to number four. All right. Nice. Alex, number three. My number three is when Ian comes to confront Rob at the record shop, and Ian has those, was it two or three fantasies that he has? I think it's like three or four, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all, the, all the sequences were gold. Where one of them is where Rob just goes off on him and goes, Now get your patchouli stink out of my store. Fucking bitch. And he puts a cigarette in his mouth. He <laughs> <laughs> starts smoking right there. Yeah. Or the best one, though, by far, is when all of a sudden mm-hmm. the phone comes in <laughs> from out of the screen and hits him in the face and teeth go flying everywhere. And all three of them just stomp on him. And then and cool. Dick goes apeshit. He, like, rips the like, air conditioning unit out of the wall. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a fantasy. And Rob, the spineless weasel that he is, he does nothing. He just, Ian says his piece, and then he just walks out. Yeah, I love, especially when you said the knocking his teeth out was great. <laughs> that was so good. All right. Uh, my number three is uh, the the I have the music hipsters I have here going. That's what I have written down here. And you guys already talked about how how <laughs> snobbish they are, elitist they are. But this is basis. This is they're a specialized group of hipsters, and they don't even, they'd rather not sell to you than just to make their point. Um, yeah, didn't like it. Did not like it. I know it's the point. Just did not like it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like on one, on one hand, uh, it's funny to watch him do all this stuff, but on the other hand, like I don't know that much about music. <laughs> so, yeah. kind of have to assume they know what they're talking about. Right, and I was going to say, it's like it's funny that they're doing their top lists for whatever occasion. I mean, that's like us, but not for music, right? Top 10 
scenes where something happens in the rain. You know, that might be something we talk about someday. And um, <laughs> yeah, or just later in this episode. <laughs> so I did like that aspect of it, but yeah, maybe because I'm not a music guy like that, that just felt stupid to me. Anyway, that's it, Scott. All right. So my number three is <laughs> Rob is an unbelievable, yet at the same time believable asshole. <laughs> yeah. So so again, uh, there are a few points where I think Cusack is overdoing it, but um, he has enough like natural charm that it's still watchable, at least for me, as him being the protagonist here. Yeah. Um, you know, you still want to see things work out for him. Um, you watch him slowly, painfully grow up throughout the movie, um, and I, I think he does a really good job of that. Um, even with the gratuitous in the rain shot that Cusack is famous for, honorable <laughs> um, mention. Yeah, and then the counterpoint to that is, uh, as, as Jeff said, uh, we don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Ibn, I am not trying to pronounce her last name. Laura. Laura. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Laura um, is perfect here. Is kind of the the one that he uh, you know eventually settles down with. Um, you know, she's not like this uber sophisticated like Zeta Jones is. She's not like a nut job like some of the other ones are. Um, she's not a musician like Lisa Bonet is. Uh, she's just like normal. Um, and she's what he needs and, you know, makes him all the more of an asshole for, <laughs> for kind of spurning the fact that she's not any of those other people. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just her and that character, even though um, she's mostly there just to like call him on his bullshit. When he's, uh, even though she puts up with a lot of it, uh, mm. you know, she does a good job with it. Uh, so that's my number three is the, the two of them in the relationship. Okay. All right. Alex, number two. My number two is just, I love a good fourth wall break and Cusack does it like immaculately. You think it'd be like too much and stuff throughout the, but they paced it out so well throughout the movie. Like when he talks to, when he's talking to the audience his inner monologue, if you want to call it, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Does that go on through the whole movie, or just the beginning when he's listing the top five breakups or whatever? I'm trying to remember now. He does no, it. it he does it. He does it a few times in the movie. Yeah. The okay. last line in the movie is a fourth wall break. Really? Okay. Yeah. A few times. <laughs> it's the, no. It's throughout. I mean, I know he did it at the beginning a lot, and then I felt like it went away, but maybe I just got used to it and then forgot that it was a fourth wall break. Yeah, see, that's the genius of it. Now, he and, like, Matt, that's why I think he was up for the role of Ferris Bueller in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, because they, him and John Cusack, I mean, John Cusack and uh, Matthew Broderick have that same kind of charm. They'd be, the, like, the only two, at least in my mind, that would be able to regularly get away with it. And Deadpool. And Deadpool, of course. Well, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. All right. Um, my number two is uh, this, the, the scene of the rain where he hops over, just him hopping over the fence and lying in the dirt, hoping she wouldn't see him and just him lying <laughs> there. I don't know. I found that funny and stupid. Uh, I'm racing for good things here, guys. <laughs> uh, that was one of them. Um, just... 
I guess we we rarely have rains like that. Why would you Why would you walk around like that in the rain without your umbrella? I know it's weird. And they just sit at the bus station. I don't think a bus was ever coming. Or even streetlights. <laughs> it's raining that hard. They don't run the buses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, no, it was a funny scene. Rain delay, uh, they call it. Yeah. Rain delay. Yeah. Huh? It's like a baseball game. What? Baseball. It's like a baseball game. The what? Baseball. Oh. Oh, baseboard. Oh, see. Scott, number two. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, number two, as, as Alex said, uh, was all the lists. Um, so, he laid that out pretty well. Um, yeah, just the music for every, or a song for every occasion. Uh, you know, it, it these, these are kind of like, drive into work thoughts <laughs> you start thinking about like okay what are my favorite songs sometimes or you know what are, what are my top 10 favorite whatever um in this case it's just hardcore movie or yeah, music uh lists and uh like it's always five uh, they keep it that way through the whole movie should uh, be seven <laughs> in hindsight it should be seven yeah <laughs> yeah but uh two all the lists and I love how they're naming top first track of debut album or whatever when he says uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. It was like, oh, what an obvious answer. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he listed, like, then he mentioned Massive Attack, and I'm like, I know Massive Attack. I don't even know what that is. I felt cool. Massive Attack's, <laughs> Massive Attack's not even that obscure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is for me. <laughs> I got the Nirvana reference. That's, that's <laughs> all I got. Um, all right, number one, Alex. My number one is that this is a great kind of coming-of-age story. This guy, yeah, just for years, just being a man-child until this experience just forces him to grow up. And actually, even right at the very end, when he starts making a mixtape for another younger girl... That he meets at a club while he's DJing, and he, like, that's the breaking point. He realizes it, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing? And he finally, like, it finally clicks for him. I like that moment. And just the whole thing, when it finally, like, everything f- that we've seen builds up throughout the movie finally hits home. Yeah. Was that girl anybody? She looked familiar, but I couldn't... Well, uh, which Which one? The one that's like the music reporter and the one that he was starting to make the mixtape for at, toward the end. Um, remember, like, he had just gotten back together with Laura and then she walked into the store. He goes, oh, I saw you DJing a while back. And they're, they're kind of really hitting it off. And so, yeah, you can tell he's uh, thinking about doing some uh, extracurricular stuff with her. And mm-hmm. Alex said. <laughs> but I forgot. She looked familiar, but I don't see her name anywhere on here that I recognize, so. Hmm. Alright, um, my number one is um, While I said all the characters were annoying I still enjoy Jack Black's performance in this So he's my number one um, okay. Especially him getting to use his pipes at the end Which I don't know if that was him actually singing But yeah. I know he can sing So That, that was him Yeah, that there. was him all right. Was that his band back there? Was that Tenacious D or no? No I don't, I don't think I saw Kyle Gass back there I did not Okay But I like his character. Like I, I mean, I say I don't like his character, but I 
do like the, some of like the, the resemblance to Randall, him being a dick to the customers, um, and just Jack Black being Jack Black. So that's my number one. Scott. Uh, number one is uh, the the beating Tim Robbins gets. Uh, that the <laughs> the the phone slam into the face out of nowhere uh, caught me completely off guard. Uh, it was an instant like classic moment for me, um, and that that whole sequence is good. Uh, but yeah, the just <laughs> beating the shit out of him uh, in the fantasy sequence was great. That's my number one. All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? Yep, I got two. Okay. Um, John Cusack in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Charlie, you bitch, let's work things out. <laughs> and then you see her in the window, and then this other buff dude come up. He's like, hey, babe, what's going on? And then they <laughs> walk off into the rest of the apartment, and he just screams. That was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, Joan Cusack. <laughs> she comes into the store. He's like, hey, hey, Rob, you asshole. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, kudos to I haven't seen Kathy Zeta Jones in a while. Kudos to Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean uh, Hank Pym? Hank Pym, yeah, with the de aging stuff. I guess I wonder if he does that in real life now. He just walks around <laughs> <laughs> the CGI crew. <laughs> yeah. It's like Hank Pym always said, never trust a Stark. Who are you again? Oh, come, come on. on. <laughs> Alright, let's rate it. Um, just to remind everybody, we rank the movie between 1 and 7. 1 being very, 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 very bad. And 7 being perfect. So, Alex, what would you give this movie? Uh, only because this... Looking back on it now, this really hit home for me. And I relate to some of the experiences that he had. I'm going to give this a 6. All right, wow. Yeah. So you, you watch this a lot? I don't watch it a lot, but every like every so often, like if, like in my mid to late 20s, I was like, shit, this is a lot like high fidelity. <laughs> what the uh, hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> fair enough. Uh, for me, it's a four. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I won't watch it again. Um, I could see some of it's being good, but not my type of movie. So just throw it right there in the middle. Scott, uh, give it a five. Uh, I I really do enjoy this movie. I don't have too much to criticize about it. Um, but that said, Jeff kind of pointed it out. It is like I I don't like feel awkward watching it like uh, like I do with like a Seinfeld or a Kirby Enthusiasm. But he's just such an asshole in this movie that <laughs> it, it kind of brings you down. Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes it a little tougher to watch. So five. All right, sounds good. What's our crossover topic this week, Alex? It is best top five scenes in the rain for movies or TV or anything. All right, well, lead us off here. Uh, my number five is Jurassic Park, the T Rex scene when it comes out of the cage. It's yeah, a good the one. Ripples in the water and everything, and then everything gets muddy. The lawyer gets eaten. Trucks get spilled over the edge. It's a great scene. The what don't gets... move. He can't see us if he don't move. 
And then the smartest guy in the whole island does the dumbest thing of all. That, that's uh, that that's that's chaos theory right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you mean the lawyer? He just took a shit. <laughs> a t- uh-huh. Yeah, the T Rex was obviously following uh, Sam Neill's flair already. He was on his way out. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And Malcolm just right. no over here. Ian, freeze! All right, my number five, and this is kind of a cheat, but not... I have never seen the movie, but I've always seen this scene, and it's, like a, it's a really cool scene. So I'll say Singing in the Rain, the part where he sings in the rain. That's my <laughs> number five. <laughs> it's awesome. good. I, I said yeah. I've never even seen the movie, but that's always on those lists, and I, I love it. It's, if When I've seen I love it. Uh, the rest of the movie is like that, then I'll probably love the movie. Just got to watch it one of these days. <laughs> it's probably not, but... <laughs> It's just another hour and twenty minutes of that. <laughs> just just in the maybe jumping in puddles. <laughs> it just sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Swinging from light posts. It's 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 worth a watch. One of the just even if only if it, even if it's only once, it is an iconic scene. Yeah, Hollywood I'm milestone. Sure. I actually think I would like the movie. Just haven't gotten around to it. All right, Scott. Number five. All uh, right, my number five uh, is from the. You get early aughts uh, adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, uh, the one with Kira Knightley. Uh, there is a fantastic scene um, in the, the middle of the movie. Uh, for anybody familiar with the story, as I'm sure Alex and Jeff are, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, quite, quite yes, good. Yes. Uh, book. Really? Yeah, we had to in high school, didn't we? Were there zombies in it? There were no zombies. Oh, it was not that version. Oh. Uh, oh, Scott was Scott was surprised that I read a book. Really? <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I was in high school. Okay. Uh, at, at any rate, uh, so they 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 changed a little bit up, changed it up a little bit for the for the movie, obviously for dramatization. Uh, but uh, Keira Knightley as uh, Elizabeth uh, runs runs away, and she winds up in this weird like stone gazebo in the U.S. countryside. And it's uh, it's a gorgeous shot with the rain in the background, and um, Darcy's basically stalked her over there, and she's surprised. And there's this very tense moment uh, between them, and the the like the chemistry between them is almost palpable. Uh, it's a it's a great scene. It's um, the the best I've ever seen as far as like pairing those two characters off of 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 that kind of unrequited uh, attraction, I guess. Uh, up to that point, um, and yeah, it's just uh, really well shot. Yeah, so number five, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Very good, uh, Alex. Number four. My number four is Back to the Future Two. When they're trying to get the uh, the flux capacitor working on the flying uh, DeLorean, and Doc Brown's up there, and Marty hasn't got up yet because he's burning the almanac on the ground, but then lightning hits. The DeLorean, and then it spins out of control, and it shoots off into whatever time, and then it just starts pouring, and all of a sudden this car just comes up behind Marty, Marty turns around, and it's a guy from Wells Fargo, <laughs> which is the same guy from uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> hey, sure, you want to get some Red Lobster? <laughs> Tells him a letter from the 1800s, the Doc Browns in the Old West. Oh, what a great scene. It is. 
I always get yeah. I sorry, I always get bugged out by that scene because there's that litter they've had in his hands for like a hundred years in the bank, sorry, or the at Wells Fargo. Not Wells Fargo, Western Union. Yeah, Western and, Union, my bad. <laughs> and he just he's reading it in the rain. I'm like, that's a yeah. document that's getting destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was like from a week ago. It's like you're gonna ruin the letter. <laughs> it's the doc. He's alive. He's in the old west. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, uh, that's my turn. Number four for me, and I'm doing this in spite of my old dad, my old man. <laughs> I was wondering if he would mention this. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> I know what this is. Tombstone. Um, for no other reason, just because it's funny that my dad hates the movie because of one scene where the rain's not quite covering everything. But <laughs> it's the scene uh-huh. where the cowboys get their revenge on the Earps and they kill, they shoot um, old uh, Morgan, Sam Elliott. I don't know their names now. And then Virgil, uh, Virgil, Virgil Morgan, yeah, yeah. Morgan, Morgan. And he and Wyatt goes out with his hands all bleeding and why? Yeah. So, there he goes. Tombstone, Rain. Uh, Scott, number four. Uh, number four is heavy right now. Uh, number four yeah. <laughs> um, is Unforgiven. Uh, the Clint Eastwood kind of anti-Western. Western. Uh, the, the very end of the movie, uh, when uh, William Money finds out that his friend Ned has been basically beaten and tortured to death. Uh, you, you can see the clouds in the background. They're almost black. And uh, he rides into town. And by the time he gets there, it's pouring rain. Uh, there's the, the amazing shootout inside the, the saloon. And then he leaves through the rain again um, with that, that awesome speech about how if anybody shoots at him, he's going to like kill them, kill their family, burn his damn house down. <laughs> it makes this like ridiculous proclamation, and then he rides off. And, uh, yeah, the rain just uh, gives it an uh, almost perfect backdrop. Cool. I've never seen that. but It's key. All right. Alex, number three. My number three, and this got bumped up because there's two scenes in this movie with great rain scenes. At the very beginning, at the very end, point break. Johnny Utah is <laughs> doing his FBI test. It's all in the rain. It looks all cool. And then at the very end, the very emotional confrontation between him and Bodie. Bodie. I am an FBI agent. Have we done Point Break yet? Uh, I want to say, say we did. We probably did. Maybe not. Talking? I'm going to look up on our handy dandy website that's not made to the public. I'm surprised Ooh. we haven't done Unforgiven now that I... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Put it on your list. Yeah. We're going to do good and bad daily before we do that. Oh, yeah. Even though I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> but, yeah, point break. Oh, we'll get him when he rides back in. He's not coming back. So good. It is. Um, sorry. I'm writing these down on our list because I always think, of st- I think about them when I don't have the list open. I never write them down. Okay. Um, my number three, Alex already said it was Jurassic Park, the T-Rex scene. I mean, Everything. Uh, Nedry just driving through the rain to unlock it and run oh, yeah. over the side. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Him getting attacked by the Dilophosaurus? Dilophosaurus. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, and then the T-Rex scene. Classic. We've already talked about that in our Jurassic Park episode, so no more to go there. Scott, mm-hmm. number three. All right. Uh, number three is uh, bringing a background to Tim Robbins. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, damn it. The uh, the famous shot after he's uh, crawled, uh, how, how long was it? A mile? Two miles? Uh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Matters. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Comes out the pipe and then uh, into to breathable air once again. And uh, rips off his shirt and just stands there in that, that puddle of the, the top-down shot. Him just letting the rain wash over him now that he's free. Uh, yeah, classic shot. Uh, classic rain scene. Mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. This is my number two. Just I'll talk about it again. Everything Alex or Scott said. Tim Robbins does it again. Uh-huh. What? No, yeah. I'm saying that because this is my number two also, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Scott, what's your number two? Uh, my number oh, wait. Th- wait. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> you're fast what? forwarding through this list. Yeah, uh, my number two is uh, one of Jeff's favorite movies, uh, and that would be the basically Dune. The, the final sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dune did end in the rain. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> is it too late for me to add that on my list? Uh, <laughs> use the Kwisatz Haderach. Use the Kwisatz Haderach. Um... <laughs> Uh, number two is Blade Runner. Uh, the whole final sequence oh, when fucking shit. Like oh, I should have had that because it's, it's first of all it's weird that it's just raining in L.A. like constantly. So it must really be the future. Um, but yeah. uh, when he goes to that that one building that's been used in a ton of different movies, at the very end though, um, and and Roy Batty's chasing him through the the whole thing, and there's leaking water's leaking everywhere. Then eventually gets out on the roof, um, and again it's. Uh, Amazing backdrop, and then you get that that line from uh, Rudger Hauer, which admittedly is a little overwrought, but it's still classic. Uh, yeah. Like like tears in the rain, mm-hmm. and then he basically shuts down. Uh, and yeah, the the water's still pouring down, and you know, Harrison Ford doesn't like say anything for that last like twenty minutes, uh, except when he screams out in pain. <laughs> get off my plane! Yeah, that was earlier in the movie great scene oh. uh, I, mean, I agree with you I have all my complaints of that movie uh, visually speaking it's awesome so I can't <laughs> take anything away yeah and then, and awesome then of course like the uh, Ridley Scott's always been one of the masters when it comes to these sets set design yeah. um, and, it, and it still holds up very well to this day so number two Blade Runner alright so number one Alex Saving Private Ryan specifically the gut-wrenching sniper scene with Vin Diesel Ah, that's rough. But it was awesome. Do you know I've only seen that movie one time? Really? And I think Uh, it was at one of our uh, Red Roof Inn P.O. parties. (laughs) 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 So I don't remember it that much. Uh, Damn. There it is. It's old school. Yeah, that whole movie's pretty rough. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that scene especially. And all the stuff before, you know, where they had the going through the city and they had the code words to make sure they don't allies don't kill each other that was pretty awesome and they find um, whatchamacallit the other Private Ryan that's really big now Nathan Fillion yeah, Nathan Fillion yeah I thought it was Private Ryan but it was a different one so good I should watch that again yep alright 
My number one comes from Lord of the Rings, yep. Two Towers. <laughs> I knew it. I just, Helm's I'm, Deep. Yep. Uh, the, right before the you know the battle, uh, before it starts, just keeps building and building, and right before the fight starts, it starts raining, and you just hear the raindrops hitting the armor and everything. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, it is. Is this all you can conjure, Saruman? <laughs> Says his name really weird for some reason. <laughs> and it's the scene with. Uh, Gimli and Legolas giving their little quirks back and forth and you can't see Gimli's face and perhaps I should get you a box. Let's hope your friends survive the night. So good. Helm's Deep. The orcs in the rain. The elves and the humans in the rain. Like orcs in the rain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Roy Batty, that's the original line. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Helm's Deep. Scott. Um, Helm's Deep. My number one, <laughs> everything you said. Uh, to that point, we've never seen anything quite like that battle. Uh, it was fucking rad. So, number one, Helmsy. Yeah. I think we talked about it on our, when we did that. I think that's my favorite set piece from the entire, action set piece from the entire yeah. trilogy. Yeah. I'm sure we've talked about that scene numerous times, but. Yeah. Minus Legolas surfing with the shield. Other than that, <laughs> flawless. Um, all right. Any honorable mentions? I have two. I have a few here. Well, I will do yeah. mine. The uh, chasing Amy scene where uh, Ben Affleck turns a uh, gay trick straight—that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and uh, the more—that's joke one. But the other one is the Spider-Man sexy kiss upside down. <laughs> Ooh, stupid sexy yeah. Spider-Man! <laughs> I was like that scene. Uh, maybe it's because her shirt's getting wet, and you can maybe see through a little bit. That helps, <laughs> but it's a cool scene. So that's my my two audible mentions. Mm-hmm. Scott, what were yours? Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, the the end there. Uh, it's a very famous scene. Uh, Forrest Gump. That whole scene where <laughs> he's talking about the different kinds of rain and the, when he's yeah, chopping yeah, yeah. through Vietnam. Yeah. And then uh, uh, finally Poltergeist, uh, which yeah. oh, which I had a hard time leaving off my list, but. Uh, when it rains so hard that all the the burial ground basically shows up, and they're like the the, the daughters outside like slipping around in the pool, and ugh, it's it's a very intense uh, sequence. Uh, so the tree breaks through his room, and right? Pulls him in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Poltergeist built on an Indian burial ground. He just moved the tombstones. Alex, did you have any? No, I'm good. All right. Well, then it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So it's that time of year, time to start drafting your fantasy football teams. All right. Yeah. So you got to make sure you have enough a balanced team with you know a mage, cleric, warrior, and a rogue, just in case you need stuff unlocked. Well, I think I think you're being too rigid. You gotta think outside yeah. the box, man. Oh, okay. You want to go an old warrior team? Well, I'm saying like oh. you could, you could, you could, you could. All red wizard team. You could throw in a barbarian instead of. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, perhaps a ranger instead of the mm. rogue, depending if you're gonna be doing indoor or outdoor competitions. Or, or you can just be a necromancer and not have a group and just do everything by yourself. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you can you, just summon you your own it. team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends what's around on the ground, though. So, yeah. so it's kind of a toss-up there. You still want a healer, though, no matter what. Oh, yeah. 
Unless you no, have the no, Necromancer, because like then, yeah. then the healing will actually do damage to the Necro, to the undead stuff. So, Pro tip right there, folks. Yep. Uh, speaking of whatever this nerdy stuff we're talking about, I played... <laughs> Fantasy football. I played a game, card game called Munchkin. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? You finally played Munchkin? I played with Greg and Henry during the camping trip. Yeah, and, it's a fun uh, game. I, I have no idea what was going on. I was almost <laughs> winning until they started doing stuff, and then I wasn't winning. <laughs> yeah, that's how that game works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Munchkin is awesome. Yeah, awesome. screw over everybody as hard as you can. Yeah. Go play it, everyone. There it is. And in real sports news, Manny Machado just got traded to the Dodgers. There it is. Go Dodgers. I thought he was an MMA fighter. No. That's Le- Manny Pacquiao. That's 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 actually you, Alex. That's uh, Oh, right. Leota Machida. Yeah, Leota I got Machida. traded to the yeah. Dodgers. Apparently. You did. You, I expect you to buy me lunch next time we... <laughs> I just bought you lunch. Well, that was before you got traded to the Dodgers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's time for Niam News! Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right, uh, really light news, news week this uh, time around. Uh, just a little bit of new, uh, a, a tidbit, as Alex likes to say, mm-hmm. uh, about the next Bond movie. So Craig, as pretty much all these big movie stars that have really made all their money doing one role, they say they don't want to do that role anymore. And then like a year or two passes, and they're like, yeah, I'll do it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, Craig has, like at some point last year, I think he officially said, yeah, I'll be back for the next Bond movie. Uh, it looks like they're they're deep into casting now for whoever the villain's going to be. Uh, so I kind of have uh, tempered expectations for this. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big Bond fan. Um, and the last movie was not good. Uh, Skyfall was good. Casino Royale was good. Quantum of Solace was meh. Uh, and Daniel Craig is not the problem, though. So, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully they get back to kind of the, the form that they set with the, the two good ones anyway. Um, although, <laughs> Skyfall does have a fucking stupid plot. I will, I, any, any time that the master plan is to get caught by the law enforcement, that's, that's a dumb plan. Um, anyway, uh, we so, got to come up with a list of Scott's pet peeves. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of them. There's that. There's nothing in the cups. Oh God! Job. I was I, so when watching the show called <laughs> the show called Bosch. I think I mentioned it. It's a basically a cop yeah, show. A bounty hunter from Star Wars. Yeah, it's a cop show. <laughs> so they're fucking constantly drinking coffee, and I'm like, every time they do it, I'm like, Jesus Christ! Just fucking put <laughs> water in it, like anything. It's not like we can see through the cup. Like, instead of pretending that, like, oh, there's really something in here, like, for fuck's sakes. Uh, and then he puts a hole in uh, two points on a piece of paper, and he puts a hole through them. Yeah. Shows time and, Yep, and then I, yeah. and then I hate, and then I hate it forever. Yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's the Bond news. Um, <laughs> I guess there's going to be a, uh, moving along, a, a new trailer or new screens or new press material, at any rate, for the Battle Angel Alita. Uh, movie at Comic Con. Uh, cool. I still don't know how to feel about this. I, so my, I I only watched like the three OAVs or sorry OVAs, uh, way back like in the, like, I don't know the nineties. Nineties, yeah, yeah. There was uh, three. I thought there was only the one. Like three episodes. 
Oh, okay. Or maybe it's oh, just one long just episode. And one long. I don't know, but there was like no resolution whatsoever. Um, I never read the the manga. Um, it is super weird that they're giving her the anime eyes, when it seems like nobody else in the movie has that. Um, yeah, but she's an android. And I get, yeah, she's supposed to be not quite human. Yeah. Uh, but it's like they purposely put her into the uncanny valley. Uh, so I don't know. Have you seen it? Have you seen the existing trailer yet, or no? Yeah, I probably watched it some time ago. Yeah, yeah, because I saw it and it looked it looked weird at first, but then I kind of I kind of dug it. You're gonna get used to it because, like, I I wasn't bothered by anything going on in uh, Ready Player One, and they all right, had. But like, this is more exaggerated. I thought. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that was exaggerated, and I didn't have any problem with it. Okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's still an interesting concept um, that that James Cameron. <laughs> Has been wanting to do this this Japanese IP for I don't know like the last twenty years, twenty five years, uh, and he's finally getting it made, um, even though he's not directing. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see what comes out of that, um, and then just to mention Comic Con that's coming up pretty soon. Um, this last oh, it ended the day we released this episode. Okay. So uh, you know, next podcast we'll probably have some things to say. See what news comes out. Because uh, at this point, Comic Con is just turned into like the announcement. <laughs> like all all the nerdy announcements happen during uh, yeah this thing. Um, mm. Although it's usually about comic books still. So uh, even if they're in movie form, uh, so so we'll see what comes up for the MCU, the DCEU, or the fuck they're M- calling it. MCU does not have a presence this year at Comic Con. That's what I heard. Ooh, damn. Yeah. Well, well, maybe, so. like, I wonder if there's going to be any of the Netflix stuff then. Uh, maybe. Then. Iron Fist. Yeah. Or, uh, not Iron Fist, but, uh, well, the, who knows? There could be Iron Fist. But um, yeah. Daredevil, because I've heard Daredevil's already, like, wrapped filming. So they got to have something that they can show. Uh, so I look forward to all that. Um, and then finally, uh, speaking of DCEU, Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going hard with like all the the uh, Shazam kind of press release, I guess. Like there's this, this steady, uh, steady leak of steady, uh, steady, steady, <laughs> steady leak of uh, pictures and whatnot of Zachary Le- Levy Levi as uh, as the titular Shazam. Um, cool. So uh, yeah, you know, does he have the little cape? <laughs> he does have a cape. Uh, so we'll 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 see. Um you know I, I'm not excited for this really, but it is built in that it is supposed to be lighter fare. Maybe this is what D C kinda needs at this point. It doesn't need another dark and broody hero. Uh True. so uh we'll just inject some, some humor. Uh, especially if they tie it into everything else. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, I still think the DCU should just go into just one-off movies, one-off trilogies that don't have anything to do with each other, aside that they're just DC characters, just like their cartoons, because those are freaking awesome. But anyways, I don't run DC, so that's not my call. Justice League Unlimited, I recommend. Uh, mm-hmm. The animated series. Um, so Alex, was there something you wanted to chime in with? Yeah, just a little tidbit. If you're a fan of Bugsland, uh, 
Disney's California Adventure, it's going away. Huh? They're going to make like a superhero themed, like a Marvel superhero themed land th- there. Instead of now Bugs Sc- Land. Now so. Scott's happy again. Yay. Is, yeah, Bugs Land, we, we basically just go there to take the kids because that's where they have like the fountains, the water fountains that the kids can play around in and we can sit <laughs> while they run around for a little bit. And they have the kid brides, you know, and everything that they can actually ride at this point. But I, I still remember going there one time, and uh, and your oldest was just being super crabby, and <laughs> like, and he wouldn't like. I kept like trying to talk to him, and he was just like, Meh. and then uh, I stopped at a churro cart, which was a dumb idea with the kids around. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I bought bought a churro, and all of a sudden he's like, he like ninja teleported. <laughs> out of a stroller and he's like hugging my leg and he's like Uncle Scott Uncle Scott <laughs> like, and then I was like don't think I'm not on to you and then I gave him a piece of chair <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> yeah. so anyway so no yeah. more Bugs Land no more Bugs Land At tw- I think it was 2020 is when the new superhero land is opening up is Disneyland ever going to be finished? Nope. I mean, I know that's Walt Disney said that's never going to be finished, but like, it seems lately it's always under construction. So, well, I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like they're always trying to buy up the property around the the park whenever the the opportunity yeah. arises. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to be disappointed by Star Wars Land. It's gonna be <laughs> so sweet. Um, gobble, all right. Now, any other news, Alex? Nope. That's it. Yeah, not, not much for me either. I was just looking forward to what's coming out at Comic-Con. I always love going on YouTube and watching the videos of some of my favorite shows or upcoming movies. Um, and then one other sad news. I I follow uh, some YouTube channels. And have uh, you heard of John Schnepp? Mm, you yep. guys know who he is? Mm-mm. He's like an old uh, animator, animation director, but he just loves comic books. And he's the kind of the guy I take... He has a show. Twice a week he talks about that stuff. And I get a lot of uh, information from him. He's like in the hospital not doing too well. So um, hope he gets better. Uh, He went in there for like an illness. And now he's like on life support or something. His girlfriend or wife is sending out tweets. So it's not exactly sure what's going on. Other than no matter what, medical bills are going to be super expensive. But it doesn't sound too good. So we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, And that's all I got. Um, So... There, if you guys are fans of him, look it up, and I think there's ways you can help pay for some of the medical bills if you feel inclined. Uh, all right, yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> yep, that's it. Thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. <laughs> we at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Uh, Scott. Right. Oh, Hello, oh my. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I walked into an old time saloon once. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> or we're, are you playing Fallout? Harder. <laughs> that was my room. Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> That's never happened before. Okay. Hung up. It, it, happens, it, happens, it happens to the best of us, Jeff. Don't worry about it. 